Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. You can call in and talk about anything you want of the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. I know. I know. It's stunning. Somebody live on a Sunday evening and talk radio? Well, the talk show hosts are out there by their pools sipping margaritas right now, right? Don't you wish you were doing that, Mark? I, I wish I, I had a pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wish I could afford a pool. <laughs> There's always the lake here in Keene. <laughs> Call in at 855- skinny dipping. That, that, you, that, it, it wouldn't be the first time. Mm. 855-450-3733 for somebody, not for me. <laughs> I've gone skinny dipping in Keene before. I haven't even swam in Keene. 855- there are places. You just don't know, know the right ones. It, indeed. 855-450-3733. Call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about it's an interactive program in fact we have an interactive website where you can go and you can uh, share s- news stories or blog posts or videos or whatever it is that you want to share at freetalklive.com you can upload it people will vote on it vote it up vote it down you can do the same with theirs and you know that that's what happens on the website lots of news stories it makes it easier for us to to find news stories and uh, you know there's a lot of a lot of eyes are going to be on your story and that's at freetalklive.com and uh, Stephanie, you've got a. We, we were talking before the show. You've got a story about schools. The creepy schools. Yeah, yeah. creepy schools. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I actually found this on freetalklive.com, by the way. So it just shows how Little useful plug. it is. Yep. Uh, this is from cbsnews.com. New Jersey school exams, quote, secret question angers parents. Some New Jersey parents are upset about a standardized test question that asked third graders to reveal a secret and write about why it was hard to keep. The question appeared on the writing portion of some versions of the New Jersey Assessment of Skills and Knowledge. Well, this is like uh, <laughs> a statewide test? Yeah, given oh, to third graders. That's even creepier. I mean, this isn't something Every that some, third grader is going to get that if they some, go to the government teacher schools. teacher came up with. This is statewide. Yes. Wow. They had these two. I, I went to government school in Massachusetts. I've mm-hmm. tried to block most of it out, but uh, some of the memories seep through. And they did have these standardized tests that you had to take every couple of yeah, years. Sure. And uh, then they added another one that you had to take if you wanted to graduate from high school. And I don't know what the point is because they get these test results and they really don't do anything with them. Like They're like, well, we can't use these to like use as a metric for how well the teachers are doing and we can't use them to punish the students. So they, they never really raise the standards in any way, but they take a lot of time out of the school curriculum and you have to fill them out and it, it always takes a week to complete the testing. And then the teachers try to teach towards that test too. Sure. So it's... I don't know what the point of them is, but, uh, you know, bureaucracy, well, the, the, the gears of the state turn slowly. Now with, don't, uh, with the No Child Left Behind thing, essentially, I mean, the schools are all about standardized testing. Yeah, I guess they've added more and more as time. I mean, I, I thankfully, well, I've been out for a while out of, you know, day prison. <laughs> st- st- standardized testing is awesome for metrics because they can, you know, they can... You know, it's a multiple choice. The kids bubble them in. They get it right. They get it wrong. Uh, you know, statistics are very easy to compile. Uh, you can see whether the teachers... Except they don't use usually use the metrics to do anything or change anything about how the schools are run, you know. But when, and when you're teaching a student to answer a multiple choice question properly, you may or may not be teaching them how to operate in the real world, the writing, reading, writing, and arithmetic well, that uh, exactly. everybody wants us to get out of school. Life is not a multiple choice test. Right. It's open-ended, and you have to be able to think and synthesize information. Uh, and, of course, teaching to multiple tests, uh, choice tests doesn't teach kids how to do that. And the, you have to kind of ask yourself, what, what geography, what social studies questions should be on this test and which one shouldn't? 
So is it important to learn about the Aborigines in Australia, but not important to learn about the pygmies in Africa? I don't know. I mean, you <laughs> usually know, they're not learning about any brown people. It's all like white people history. Uh, and not, that wasn't the way it was when I was in school. But, I see. You know, it, you know, different schools are different. Sure. And, yeah. And, and I think that, you know, there's value in different schools being different and but, different. But schools isn't it like same. don't don't like 30 percent of kids graduate from high school functionally illiterate? They say the average number is 20 percent functionally illiterate from government schools. And then in some districts as high as 40 percent. Um, and so what know, is a standardized test doing? I mean, is that helping in any way? Doesn't I don't seem know. Like it... I mean, I can't imagine with, you know, with my child, like the way he just kind of picked up reading on his own. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine how you get it so that a kid can't read. I mean, how do you destroy learning for a child yeah. so much that they can no longer read? I mean, is it is yeah. it families? I don't know. I can't say. But I can say that I find this test where they were asking kids to reveal their secrets to be very creepy. Well, yeah, exactly. It sounds like that was the real purpose of the test, you know, not to get some standards about what they teach or how well the kids are what learning. Kind of, what kind of secrets could kids be revealing? Well, nothing good. What, what uh, parents have to say? <laughs> so they said parents were especially outraged because children may have revealed information that should have stayed private. Uh yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you some children will be writing things family members and parents would have rather not revealed to the state. Sounds a yeah, sounds right. Sure. Said uh, I guess a teacher to the Asbury Park Press another uh, newspaper. He added that if his twin 9-year-old boys who told him about the question on the test would have answered it's none of your darn business, he would have been perfectly fine with their response. They don't want to or excuse me, they want to answer a question they don't want to fail. I think somebody should be held accountable for putting children in a difficult position in the middle of a test. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. This is not uh, appropriate questions. I mean, this is spooky stuff. Yeah. And I wonder I if they followed kid. up. Like, did they do anything with some of the answers? Like if somebody wrote like my, yeah, I don't know, my sister touched me in a way that I didn't like or something like, did they follow up and ask her? I'll bet they did. Yeah, I'm absolutely sure. Absolutely they would. When I was a, uh, you know, I was growing up in the seventies, um, you know, my driving, riding along in mom's, uh, it's cutlass, 71 cutlass with the lap belt undone um, in the front seat. Like, Click you it know, or ticket, Mark. Right, right. <laughs> you know, none of these things existed. And talking to mom about, you know, about the things that they would talk on the AM radio about and just sort of what is the difference between us and those Soviets that we're supposed to be so scared about? Uh. And what they would say, what she would say to me was, well, there the government tries to get kids to tell on their parents about things that they're doing they try to turn family members against each other Mm -hmm. and now this is i have no idea what they did in the soviet union but i wouldn't doubt that that was what they they likely did something like that Uh, at least that's those are the stories that i heard when i was little but and you know i mean this is this was the perception of an adult in nineteen seven, in the nineteen seventies, you know, nineteen seventy eight, nine, something like that, I would have been, you know, I was born in seventy one, so, and this was her perception of what, at least, what she was willing to share with her, uh, you know, young child. Well, that is actually happening today. I have another story about right? it. It's happening today. Who in turned in his parents for growing pot? And that's not the first story that we've read on the show. No, I, I mean it's really, really creepy that the government takes over the schools and then uses the schools as these systems to go after the parents. Yeah, you really have to ask yourself. Yeah, I mean, there are probably some parents that have done some bad things, but should the a you know how many? But there are also a lot of innocent people who get caught up in that dragnet, you know. Sure. And there are a lot of people whose job it is to kind of root those out and find out what's happening, and they 
sometimes, you know. <laughs> Do they make the situation better or worse? Things, yeah, exactly. If you're talking about a pot grow operation that daddy and mommy have in the basement because they like to party on the weekend or whatever it is that they do, are those kids going to be better if ba- daddy and mommy are in jail? Yeah. And are they going to be so. better off in a foster home? Because, mm. I mean, we've read plenty of stories of what happened in the foster home, too. Right. You know, maybe, yes, certainly there are bad parents out there, but there aren't too many parents as bad a parent as the state is a bad parent. Okay, I mean, there's there's great, great not way to put too it. many parents that can be as bad as the state is. Yes, it's I, I you know, I, I, I wouldn't be running a grow up in my house with, uh, you know, my son. And, and that. this seems, you know, it's, it's outside of the realm of what I would do. Absolutely. But I, I just got to say that I think that parents are the best people to raise their children and not it takes you know, a, 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 a weird bureaucracy that we call a village. Yeah. I wonder what kids responded on this test. I mean, it seems like a fairly new uh, news story, but uh, it says the... uh, What grade was this? Third graders? Third graders, yes. I just told them my favorite color. (laughs) Yeah, that's your secret, right? My secret is I've changed my favorite color. But how many kids like... blue to chartreuse. they, They think it's like a creative writing portion of the exam or something like that. I'm trying to find out what the sec- the writing portion. Mm-hmm. So maybe they think they're supposed to make up a story and they'll get a good grade if they make up a creative story. Mm. You know, and then they just make up something and then the cops we, show we up at their door. We read a story about a kid that got suspended for writing a, a zombie story about zombies coming to his high school and killing his teachers and stuff. I mean... Zero you know, tolerance, Mark. <laughs> he goes to Hollywood, he'll make a fortune, but <laughs> in school he gets suspended. Right. Only in government schools. Sane. If Up you've is got down, a, black is white. <laughs> crazy government school stories, please call uh, in, in at 855-450-3733. Here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday Edition, 855-450. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. 855-453. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. But we've been talking about this uh, situation with, well, New Jersey schools asking students on a standardized test what their secrets are. Yeah, and why they were hard to keep. Yeah, uh, well, I... I mean, I guess my if pastor told me not to tell him that, not tell anybody that he gave me wine and gave, took me into his rectory or whatever. I think that's priest. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I was raised Jewish. And... What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. What do I know? <laughs> know enough to be an atheist. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there are all kinds of reasons why a secret might be hard to keep, but it sounds like they were really fishing for something that they could use to kind of go after. Doesn't it sound like that? I okay, so I don't know what they were uh, thinking when they wrote it. I wouldn't propose to know, yeah. but I would say that I do not trust any state organization to ask questions like this on a test because I don't think I don't think that the nece- the answers are necessarily going to be used well. Mm-hmm. 
if, uh, for instance, I mean, we, we we brought up the posited the well, the fictitious and then real scenario of oh uh, yeah, of kids um, tattling on their parents, which was what your mom said to you back in the 1980s, right? Or the 70s, 70s, yeah. Uh, about you know what. What if they had a, a you know a marijuana grow up, a, you know, small one in the yep. basement or something? like and that? And this has actually happened. Right um, from the Huffington Post, uh, the head vi- the headline is Karen Chanfield and Francis Medvedic arrested. <laughs> boy calls cops on pot growing parents. A little boy in Phil- uh, Pennsylvania called the cops on his mom and dad on May 9th after allegedly finding 18 marijuana pan- plants growing in the basement. When police went to the home, uh, the boy led them downstairs where they reportedly found the plants. Fans, grow lights, timers, and electrical cords for growing the weed. Uh, officers obtained a search warrant. And blah blah blah. They arrested uh, these these you know this couple, which there's what a they picture of them. Search warrant for in the first place. I mean, now they've seen it. I don't know. Like <laughs> I they guess. Were let in and then they. Yeah, the boy let them in. Of course he did. He led them to it. They didn't need a warrant for that, but yeah, I suppose it was easy to get after he gave him the tip. And here you go. Here here's my parents grow up. Um, he must now, have thought he was doing a good thing or something because of what he got taught in school. What? I mean, uh, they were arrested. Be, 15, 18 plants is a serious time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what the laws are in Pennsylvania, but I mean, it's, it shouldn't matter. They're growing flowers. You know, <laughs> I mean, someone could be using that to treat their pain. Someone could be using it to smoke recreationally. And if they hurt someone, fine, they hurt someone. That's the crime. It's not inhaling a flower, you know, a burning flower. You know, and I mean, this the, the question, I mean, a lot of people will say, well, those people shouldn't have been doing that. And, you know, OK, fine. But how is this child better off if it is our responsibility as a society to rear children? And I can I can see that point. I see it. Then how is that child now better off? If his parents do go to jail, I mean, I don't know. Well, like, and it's not actually it's not actually just just him. Apparently, there were other children. There were five children living in the house, ages ten to seventeen. Awesome. Um, apparently, they knew about it. They all knew about it. So maybe they'll be charged for not tattling on the parents. Unlikely. Uh, yeah. Um, neither of the parents has a past criminal record either. You know, they're so just, these aren't like criminals that no. are growing, uh, you know, marijuana in their basement. Just people that no, are growing some just marijuana. Just a family. The they look really. Um, you know, there are pictures of them here. They look like any normal you know people <laughs> you know, i mean and, and this i just keep on coming back how are these kids served exactly how are they better off now they're in foster homes um you know their their families broken up we all know that the family is the most integral part of society and the idea is is that smoking marijuana somehow adversely affects society but i would say that what the evidence here is is that the drug laws in this country more adversely affect society yeah. than whatever drug they're outlawing yeah. i mean consider that america that that you know the whole time america was being built up until the 1930s laudanum heroin mm-hmm. were legal cocaine was legal you, a 7 year old could go to the store and buy cocaine for mommy and no big deal i'm not romanticizing that time but like parent kids go to the police all a the lot time of people will romanticize a lot yes. of people that that believe for whatever reason the drug should be illegal at the same time will romanticize the the founding area uh, era of okay of the United yeah States. i think there's true. a lot of problems yep. in there lots of things to be addressed but it's interesting that g- these drugs cocaine and heroin <laughs> have been legal for this country's longer in this country's hist- history than they have been illegal and there have been far more problems from them since they have been illegal than when they were legal yeah from the drug war 
Yeah. And the, the thing that I find ironic about this is that kids will go to the par- to the police all the time and say, look, my parents are hitting me. I'm being abused at home. Even sexual abuse sometimes not taken seriously. But if they're growing pot, then their home is raided. Well, and there's evidence of that, right? I suppose. Yeah. But kids can have bruises and stuff. I mean, sometimes they take them seriously, but sometimes not. Sometimes they're like, well, we can't do anything. It's a family issue. You know, Corporal you can- punishment's really confusing in this country because in some cases you'll have, um, you know, judges telling people that, you know, they're going <laughs> to. What about the dad who shot his daughter's laptop? Do you remember that? There yeah. was a video of this guy. Oh, his laptop. Um, well, he he bought it for his daughter, and mm-hmm. then he took it and shot, shot it, it and was excoriating her on a YouTube video. Yep. Very public humiliation. He seemed very upset. Yep, and, and he had a gun, and mm-hmm. he was willing to use it on property, and so there's an implication there. And that guy, I mean, you know, the police said, oh, we can't do anything about it, and actually we like this guy because he's tough. <laughs> well, I, you know, whatever the cops may or may not feel about it, I don't think that they should have gotten involved in that situation. No, I it think probably that that wouldn't guy, have helped either, but like, what is that go- that daughter going to do? Like, how is she going to get help? Her well, dad? How old is she? Uh, 14, something like that. It was probably 14 when it happened, and she's uh, 18 now. I mean, No, know. it happened recently. It was like a few months ago. It was that long. It seems like it was longer than that, but not maybe not a year. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, I mean, what, whatever. Lots of people. The fact what is about the daughter who got, who got beaten by her father, who was a judge, mm-hmm. beaten with a belt? And she was like, men- the- she was mentally handicapped as well. She took a video of it, put it on YouTube years later. She didn't get any help from the author- so-called authorities. And so what what were they going to do? She was in her twenties at the time, and she was upset that Daddy didn't buy a Mercedes too. Um, I mean, you know, like, but she, but of, he beat her with a belt, and the mother was egging him on, and oh my god, it was lots a horrible. Of people, lots of people use corporal punishment, indeed. I mean, no, no doubt about it. I don't I don't necessarily support it. I don't think it's the best way to go about uh, punishing children. But the the thing is, is I think that the instances where the state intervenes with parents is generally, like the majority of the time, they only mess things up. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, even if you're talking about a corporal punishment situation, they're probably only going to mess things up. Mm-hmm. Outlawing corporal punishment will probably only increase corporal punishment. There is a story um, going on. I, I can't remember what uh, Well, happened. it's education, I mean, is, I think is the solution to that. But yeah, go, sorry, what were you saying? Uh, it's some pastor, uh, you know, in Florida. I think it's in Florida. It's always in Florida. Um, I'm from Florida. The uh, There's some pastor. <laughs> so that, that makes was, it okay for you to say? Yeah, yeah. I think it does more so. You could... <laughs> You can make, <laughs> okay. you know, I mean, look, people that white comedians don't make jokes about black guys and get away with it. Oh, they do. They do. There are lots of them that do. Yeah, well, I, I, Ralphie I have May. I, I, have you ever heard of him? Who? He, Ralphie May. He's a comedian. He makes jokes. He makes racial jokes about everybody. And mm-hmm. I don't find racial humor funny. I just like I'm amazed at how much of it there is. But I'm, I'm sorry I interrupted you. And now we're short on time. Yeah. Some preacher um, that was advocating the you know strong discipline of very young children got I think it was uh, some kind of court trouble. I can look it up here. We'll talk about it in a minute. 855-450 free. Sacred toll-free call in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. 855-450 free. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on M-E-M-E dot com. 
Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the single toll-free call-in line. You can call in with, well, whatever's on your mind here on the uh, live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. And we've been discussing kind of, I don't know, families, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, I, before we, we went to the, uh, the commercials there, I had uh, mentioned a situation where a preacher, in this case, calling him a pastor, uh, was uh, sent to jail. And I said it was Florida. I guess I misread Dane County for Dade County. Uh, it's the Black Earth Church. I have no idea what that means. However, I can tell by looking at this guy, he's not black, um, who taught his flock to (laughs) discipline their children, some as young as two months old, with wooden spoons and rods. And by the way, if you're going to use the Bible as as an avocation for corporal punishment, then using your hand is antithetical to the Bible. The Bible says not to spare the rod. So if you're going to beat your children... Please oh, they'll rationalize it any way that they want to. I oh, mean, I, it, they, yeah. I'm just saying that's what it says, right? Like, if, if yeah. you know, if, if God wanted me to not to be confused by it, he shouldn't have, he should have written it in a non It also says fashion. a lot of other things, like not to eat shellfish and stuff, but a lot of people do that. Yeah, the, the, the New Testament, uh, you know, came along and, and kind of undid all the rules as far as what you were supposed to eat and uneat, not eat when at I, least that's I didn't what get I was the taught. memo. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you Jewish folks never did. <laughs> yeah, but you can't eat yourself some good old bacon. I bloody bacon. <laughs> I've been making it up for lost time, but anyway, uh, I mean this these pastors, you know, that advocate corporal punishment. Um, there was one that wrote this book. I don't know if this is the same guy, but one wrote a book about similar stuff like this. Like you should start as young as possible, like basically beating babies with implements like spatulas, wooden spoons, I can't imagine it's very effective. I mean, if if I had a complaint about a two-month-old, I mean, I have had a two-month-old and I certainly had complaints. I've had complaints all along about my uh, my child. I mean, you know, that's what it's like living with other people. Uh, I I neither beat my child with uh, sticks nor my my wife. I have complaints about her, too. I've got complaints about everybody. Well, if you wouldn't, right, if you wouldn't beat your wife, why would you beat a child? I mean, it's the same thing. And even the child has less choice about whether to be in there. I'm wondering, my only complaint with a two-month-old is... Crying, like stop crying, please stop crying. Like, yeah, and how is hitting him going to stop? What are you going to? What are you crying about precisely? Because I, you know, and I've, they can't I've taken tell you the poop thing and yep. the crying thing, or the, uh, so the you know what? What are you crying about? I don't know. You're not. You're not hungry. You don't have to. What? I don't know. So that would be my largest complaint with a two month old, and to spank a child in order to prevent a child from crying seems kind of silly because that's yeah. only going to make them cry more, right? Right. And they they even say like in these books about how to hit kids that you should make it as painful as possible so that they learn. And I haven't read any books like that, so I couldn't say. I mean, one of them was getting banned from Amazon or something like that, or it was people were trying to get it banned from Amazon. I don't know how that worked out, but Hmm. yeah, it was similar to what this preacher was saying. Like any implement you can get your hand on, the more painful, the better, the younger you hit them, the better. And wow, why would somebody... Uh, why would people buy that book? Why would people listen to them? I guess it's because they've never thought about what it means. Uh, the the idea of child abuse, the idea of questioning whether what maybe what was done to them as a kid is acceptable, you know, uh, being hit. And everybody has their different opinion as to when uh, corporal punishment moves to, to child abuse. There's no doubt. Let's let's go to the phones here. We've sure. got uh, Creighton on the line. Creighton, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? How are you doing tonight, guys? All's well. 
Well, you get you guys started talking about you know children, and that's that's I've got a weird situation. Okay. And I wanted to mention it, and thought would you got get your ideas? Alrighty, sure. Um, I've I've called many times, and you guys, if you remember remember me, you know that I'm fairly libertarian. Uh, and here's the quandary. I'm libertarian, but I'm a foster father. All right. Okay. And that's a bit of a contradiction because uh, we have two foster boys okay. that we got very young. Now, the older brother was not quite two. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, not quite one when we got him. He's older? Two years. He's three now. Older? Uh, so he's... Uh, the older brother uh, was not, not quite one? Oh, the younger brother was not quite one. The older brother was not quite two. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Okay, I'm, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm there. Okay, so when we first got him, and they don't tell you a lot about their case. Okay. Uh, they can't. For some legal reason, they can't really tell you much about the case of the parent. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have a lot to go on. Uh, if, if, you, if you're a libertarian and you, you're a foster parent, you're in the, in the dark as far as what's really gone wrong. But we got the what we were told basically is that they were a physical abuse uh, situation. Case. Wow. Okay. That's pretty young. And and, and the the problem is um, is that you you never really know because of course we've all heard of the the cases where the you know the social worker you know is exactly what you're talking about that does not believe in corporal punishment at all and right and could think of uh, and I'm the kind of person that believes that corporal punishment has its place. But obviously, with abused children, it doesn't really, it doesn't serve any useful purpose, and it has to be used judiciously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why is it just with abused children? Why not with all children? Because the children that have been abused are don't they haven't been able to associate the pain with the misbehavior, and that's the only way that corporal punishment does any good. Uh, and it doesn't do any good for a child or two anyway. I mean, let's be honest. They have to be able, old enough to what actually... Are, what are the ages, like, uh, in, yeah, in your mind, I mean, what are the ages of uh, corporal punishments appropriate? Uh, I, I, that, that, that's a hard question to answer. Okay. But that's not that's not where I'm going with this. Well, you did well, just say two. We got to talk about it. Yeah. You just started, you, um, you just said that uh, it started at two. So I was wondering, you know, when's it end? When they get well, old enough to hit back, right, Mark? Um it's it's ended for my children long ago, uh, my blood children long ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, the only usefulness of corporal punishment is when they can associate the the consequence. Got it. With do you think they ever associate their parent uh, hitting them with be, feeling afraid and not really being able to learn because they're just so scared that there's this large person who's uh, physically causing pain on them, inflicting pain? It's a hard line of walk, isn't it? Now, I don't walk that line. Well, you don't have kids. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I need okay, to. I would need to. Line, but that's not the question I'm asking you. Now, right. Here's the thing. We, we, like I said, we don't know anything about these kids before, other than that, other than the, the accusation that they're, they were abuse cases. Right. Well, when we got them, the, the one-year-old, well, he was one, and the almost two-year-old was very violent, mm. angry, mm. throw things, bite, hard enough to... Wow leave marks through blue jeans. I mean, he was... Gee, I wonder if that has anything to do with the way he was treated. Who knows? I mean, at this, we don't don't know. know. (laughs) Well, 
We've we know it is kids who are kids who are abused or hit by their parents have a higher likelihood of being violent themselves in their families and in school. But the only information he's got is is that they were abused physically. That's right. all the information he's got. Mm-hmm. So according to one particular person's perspective, that's uh, to a third person perspective. I have that's the only information I have when I get. Uh, well, we've had him for two years, and they're both wonderful kids. They're both normal. I mean, and it's like they've completely forgotten, but it still seems strange. I mean, as a, as a, uh, a libertarian, children have always been the kind of gray area that really can't, we really can't really address in any consistent way. Sure. So, no, you can address anything consistently, I think. I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, obviously children are, the relationship between parents and children is special, but if you think about it, you can still apply principles. I mean, they're still a human being. They they are a sovereign individual, but they can't really fully take care of themselves yet. They will be able to at one point. So as a parent, you know... With you, sovereignty comes responsibility, and kids are, you know, just not responsible. Well, but they still control their own actions. Sure and, they do. And they get to a point where they can understand their actions and the consequences that they well, have and animals stuff. control their own actions. Right, but do you beat... But are I they mean, sovereign? Is it okay to beat an animal? I mean, just because it's... I, 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 I certainly eat ones that have had their throats slit. Well, sure. Crichton, hold on the line if you're... I'm very interested in uh, talking to you about this a little more. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. Give us a call at 855-450-3733. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been talking about sort of uh, parenting things here on Free Talk Live, and it's all been very interesting. But if you if you run a website or a blog and you're looking to, say, add a forum, you know, add some kind of content for your viewers, but you don't want to compromise their privacy, consider plainboards.com. At plainboards.com, you can get a, a free-to-use, anonymous message board, and is all you have to do is go there. It gets, takes seconds, as I understand it. You just name the board, and then you've got the link, and then you're there. There's no installation necessary, no identification or logging in required. Start your board in seconds and protect your users' privacy. It's plainboards.com. It's encrypted and secured. Uh, they've got all kinds of features for their their boards. Plainboards.com. I think you'll uh, you know it's, it's a great service to offer. Costs you nothing. It's very very fast. Plainboards.com. So we were talking to Crichton uh, about uh, two foster children he has. You know, by the way, just before we start, I Crichton started off his call by saying that he. Like thinks he feels a little bit of tension between his libertarian views and being a foster parent, and I don't, th- I don't think that's necessarily like unlibertarian or anything because 
kind of like we live in this world where there's a big government, right? And certain things like might be legitimate services that people need or want, like taking care of kids who whose families are, are unavailable or, or neglectful or abusive. But like the state is kind of the only agency that is doing that in this world. And so what are you going to do if you want to help out a kid who's in that situation? There aren't really many alternatives. You right. know, you, to- can't, you can't go to your local religious group that will, uh, you know, try to negotiate with the parents to uh, get the child or whatever. Yeah. Um, you so know, sometimes is the state. Sometimes you end up using, you know, participating or whatever in, in state provided things. And it's not it's just the only option you have. You know, and, and, and as happens with any organization that doesn't have accountability, you have abuses. And you know, yeah. that's that's generally what we point out here on Free Talk Live. But let's go back to Creighton calling in from Louisville. Creighton, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Well, you, you guys just almost got right to the gist of it pretty fast, but well, not quite. Okay. That's what um, we do. <laughs> here's the thing. Like you said, uh, there's a tension between my libertarian uh, belief system and being an agent of the state, because mm-hmm. that's literally what I am. And sure I, have you are. That, I, I have no other source of information about this case other than the state itself. Uh, I have no other witness. Right. Um, so, so on one level, you're right. Right now, the state is the only... Only option there, so there's a little bit of a cavat there. But uh, here's the thing: if we, if I've always heard that if we went to a stateless society, that there would be uh, once again, there used to be like once again, there would be uh, organizations that made a, a business, or, or that did the business of foster care does now. But the problem I find is, is that we eventually did find out more information about this case right uh, after two years. Um, or not quite two years, but after a while, we actually met the parents and such. And you, there's no way that anyone could tell me that if you'd met these people on the street, that you would have at all been suspicious. Right. That well, that sometimes they, were, they hide it they well. Were abusive in any way. Sometimes abusers I mean, they, are they, really they good at hiding it. Normal people. They were very calm. I mean, the father was as big as a mountain. I mean, he was a humongous individual and wow. very quiet. The mother was very loving when we were around. Uh, we ev- eventually she got a divorce and went to woman's uh, woman's center or whatever where abusive wives. Uh, so eventually she separated. You mean abused so, so wives? It all comes around to him. Uh, we eventually learned all that later. So there was uh, domestic violence happening too between time. the parents. Is that what you're saying? There was the wife was being hit as well. Apparently, okay. We know that now, um, but yeah, uh, but the but the but the thing I'm saying is is that. When the case was first getting started, how would have how would have a uh, an independent group that didn't have the authority that the state does been able to go in and make the authoritative decision? Well, sometimes parents will take kids. Sometimes parents will take kids like to the doctor or the hospital or something, and they'll see like they'll do an X ray and they'll see there are like multiple breaks in the kids' bones and stuff like that, or they'll okay. find bruises. I think you're my, my question. That's how they find out now. But just because you can find out doesn't mean you can do anything about it. Because in a, in a stateless society, no one has any special authority than anyone else. So who make, who goes in there and forces forces the issue? You know, uh, I think this is one of the toughest issues, uh, Crichton. I, I think this is really, truly one of the toughest issues for people that advocate for peace and freedom and personal responsibility. Absolutely. This is one of the most difficult situations. But remember, the Child and Family Services, this organization, these these ideas of these organizations were are essentially – they're younger than you and I, Crichton. They came around in the 70s. Um, they – 
you know, so we only have 40 years tops of these organizations and what was going before that, you know, mostly they did nothing about abused children. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's that. But also, I mean, there's always the idea that if you think somebody else is abusing their children or maybe their animals or something else, you could try to out them, say it publicly. You could try to talk to them. Uh, you could sh- like kind of lead by example. But, you know, I think that the whole point of this, this whole thing in a stateless society, if we ever get to the point where there is a stateless society, it'll be so obvious to people that you don't hit your kids, that peaceful parenting is the way to go. That's how we'll get to to a stateless society because people are raised in peaceful, loving environments. It'll be obvious to them that, that we don't need, you know, a state, we don't need an organization that functions by taking things by force and by forcing people to do, to be obedient. Right. I don't know that I can really buy that. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I'm very libertarian and I, and I have a problem with that. Sure. I've got you. I I have this, I have similar, uh, you know, difficulties accepting the idea that uh, you know there's always going to be these outliers people that are you know different and want to go about things differently and but does wait that's a fallacy though because does does it have to be perfect in a stateless no, society it doesn't and that's the uh, that's really where i'm coming from is how many kids is cps getting because consider that right now you can homeschool your kids and no one will ever know that i mean you know the, the often it's oftentimes you'll find that uh, people that you know, there's a lot of uh, crossover with uh, homeschooling and religious folks. A lot sometimes it's religious folks that want to, uh, you know, use corporal punishment. You never, you never know. I mean, oftentimes it's just lunatics. And uh, you know, I think it's a lot of people. I mean, aren't there statistics? Seventy to ninety percent of parents. Right. I'm not gonna. I, I am not gonna make the cross that corporal punishment is child abuse. Um, I think what the concern here is child abuse, and that there's a. I, I think that there's a chasm there. There's a difference, but uh, it's a spectrum. I agreed. Uh, you know, so is uh, wouldn't you agree that time out is uh, withdrawing attention and, and mm-hmm. concern from the child? Oh, well, there you got child abuse. Let's give them to the state. See, the, the problem is There's always is, a point which you can take it too far. But the question is, who gets to decide how far you take it? Right. I, I Crichton, I think that this is this is one of those situations where one has to take the uh, the libertarian easy road. And the libertarian easy road is, look, this is a human concern. Human concerns can be met by the marketplace. I don't know how the marketplace is going to meet concerns in the same way that somebody in 1850 didn't know how travel concerns were going to be met in the in the 1950s. But planes, trains, and automobiles certainly did come about. Trains have already existed, but um, you, you know. So I mean, uh, what you're asking are, are for? Are you kidding me? Of course, the people in the 50s knew that the flying cars would be around by now. <laughs> they should be. They would be if it weren't for the state. But I mean, what about the idea? You know, there. There are more ideas like that we could brainstorm. Like we're all creative people, right? We could probably. Well, think my of idea how this... is, is that I found out that this kind of abuse was going on. Um, you know, look, if if the last resort is a group of armed men to go in and take the children, it's not like there won't be arms in the future where uh, you know a reasonable where you know if the child wants to leave the home, and that's very difficult with a one and two year old. Some people, are, you know, this would it's just kidnapping when the government does it, but they do it. Under the auspices of the yeah, government, there's the veil of legitimacy, so, sure. color of law. Yeah, so, and and in that circumstance, when you're still talking about people having arbitration and and you know the problems solved by third parties, because that'll always occur. You know, is a third party going to hold them responsible? I don't know. 
What about the idea of like what that girl did who in, in Texas who was beat by her father, who was the judge, and she knew that nobody was going to help her or take her seriously? She got video evidence, yep. and then she released it later. It's powerful. I mean, she was probably too scared to release it then, but you know, no. maybe some some other kid who's being That's abused. That's not what happened there. Okay, what tell- she did is she recorded that video, knowing that it would look bad for her father when she wanted to use it against him. She was being beat regularly by her father and her mother was there supporting it and saying, take it like a woman and all kinds of other things like that. I mean, how is this her fault? I mean, how is this like she's being naughty? I mean, she was she held on to it specifically to use it against her father. Yeah, I mean, do you think that that was okay, given the fact that he was beating her regularly? I don't think that either one no. of these circumstances is pure. I don't think that the father, um, you know, obviously what the father was doing was was wrong, in my opinion. But at the he's same not time, gonna get, I don't he's think not going to lose his job. He's I don't a think this girl was outing somebody for child abuse. I think this girl was trying to manipulate a situation, and I think that that's different, and people f- take a jaded view. Crichton, thank oh you for the goodness. call. If you have any more questions, please give us a call. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on Free Talk Live. That's how we do it. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. And on Free Talk Live, we also give you archives. Archives for free. All those other talk shows out there, at least the, the commercial talk shows, they're charging you for archives. You've got to join their little Mouseketeer Club if you want to get involved. And we certainly have one. It's called the AMP, AMP Program. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> At AMP. You even have a theme song. <laughs> Mark made it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember what it was, but I remember I used to sing the little mouse, M-I-C. That's yeah. yeah. I didn't make that up. <laughs> F-R-E-E-T-A. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, archives.freetalklive.com. You can go there and get uh, shows going back to late 2006 for free, archives.freetalklive.com. Of course, the last seven days of the show are still available at freetalklive.com, and you can listen to them you know, there just by clicking. And there's all kinds of different options to listen to the, the, the show. We try, we try to make it so easy, but you know, there's mm. so many different options. The and, SoundCloud is so cool, too, now where the archives are. You can comment within the file. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of songs where people do that, like, oh, yeah, nice drop or whatever. But on Free Talk Live, I'm sure the comments are a little different. Yes, they are. Mark's crazy. <laughs> Stephanie's out of her mind. <laughs> All those same things. Archives.freetalklive.com. Well, let's go to Mike calling in from Los Angeles. Mike, are you, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, this is Mike from uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay, I don't know how you got Los Angeles, they got Los Angeles uh, out of that. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I, my concern is uh, over with uh, uh, Scott Walker and everything in our state. Uh, yeah. the thing that you guys are having a recall, is that um, is that right? Yes, yes. That's going to be on uh, Wednesday or Tuesday, I believe. But uh, the thing that's irritated me about it is 
he, we hired him to do a job. Okay. Now you got all these all these outside uh, powers coming in and trying to push and manipulate the state to go a different way. Okay. And that's just, I just find it irritating. I mean, even as far as having Clinton from the Milwaukee, it's just ridiculous. And isn't that kind of politics, though? I mean, you what, know. what's the situation? Is this this is a governor who's yes. being what? Well, he was the center of a, a, a large debate regarding, uh, you know, public sector unions. This is the teachers oh. in the school. Teachers yeah. were a large okay. section of it. Yeah. Go right ahead, Mike. And where he made, he, he instead of laying people off, he cut back salary, cut back the benefit for the, for the public employee sector. Uh, I mean, uh, the state employee sector. Well, the, now, I don't understand why they're getting all irritated with that. It's better to have a job than no job. Even, you know, and it's just the thing. I, I myself, I'm a commercial vehicle driver, and I find that I am anti-union as far as that goes. So are you a Teamster? No, okay. no way. I, I what happened in my past. But okay. Prime example, if I get to a stop, I might have 18, 21 pallets on my truck. Mm-hmm. Now, if I get to a stop... You could tell which ones are the union and which ones are the non-union. How the, so? The, not, the non-union stop, I could get unloaded easily within an hour. Uh, union stops could last four or five hours, same product, same material, everything. Why is that? Just, What's the difference? Well, the difference is when you got a union union dock worker, you got one guy that's got to take it off the truck. Another guy's got to come by, pick up that pallet. Bring it around because the mm. forklift driver on the dock ain't allowed to run through the production area. So it's kind uh, of they, protectionism for people's jobs. They everybody has to have a job. Well, everybody's got to have a job. True, but exactly where's the company's profits going when they're paying two people to do the same amount of job twice as long as it would take one guy to do? Sure. I mean, you know, if you're wondering if the same guy can come in with a hand truck and, uh, you know, get the stuff out of your truck and, and haul it into the warehouse and put it up himself versus, you know, how many guys does it take to, you know, offload it with a forklift, drop it down, then another forklift picks it up and that kind of well, thing. And, you know, there there are several grocery stores here in New Hampshire, but there's only one which is non-union. And it has the cheapest price. I mean, the the prices are unbeatable. You know, the other ones are all up around a certain level. This one undercuts everybody. But you do have to wonder, I mean, like I'm concerned about about people and how they're treated at work, right? I, I would like people to be able to have a pleasant experience at work, um, you know, so I care about their so-called worker rights or, sure. or whatever, but I don't know if like unions, especially the form that they're in today, when a lot of their a lot of the negotiations they do involve the state, right? Uh, are are serving that purpose, you know? And and historically, there has been some some sort of violent tactics used by unions, you know, that like they, oh, and and by employers too. I mean, it was, yes, exactly. There's been all those things. I wonder well, when, whether. Go ahead, right? Go ahead, Mike. When when I was a union, when I was a teamster, I, I'm not going to say the name, but I wore a brown uniform. But the thing is, when you were in the truck, when I was a teamster, if a box weighed anything more than 70 pounds, I could not touch that box, even though I was fit, ready, I could move it. I had to stop everything, go across the plant, find the manager, and the manager had to come into the trailer to unload that box. The manager that had to lift it? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Managers, supervisors are non-union. Yeah. Supervisors I mean... at a lot of places are non-union. But me being a union, at the time I was working on a dock, so I'd unload the trailers. Well, if I could, like I said, I came across a box weighing more than 55 pounds. I had I could not touch that box. Was it 55 or, or 70? 70. <laughs> 70, 70 pounds, 70 okay. pounds, I'm okay. sorry. No problem. And, it, and you, see, you see them with the yellow, they usually, they all have to have like a yellow stamp, you know, a yellow sticker on there, overweight, 70 pounds, 75 pounds, whatever. But if it was in the trailer, I had to stop unloading, walk all around till I found my immediate supervisor. Mm. He had to come back in just to slide that box 40-something feet down and slide it down his chute. So Now, not only did that cause me time to not work, it cost the guy behind me who was going to get who I was putting all the products on the belt. He, if the belt was take going up to him, yep. he would yeah, throw everything out by zip code. And Stops often, production now, completely. Often it's in employees yeah. who actually deal directly with the processes, like with the workflow, that know the most efficient way to do it. And if they're not, if that decision is sort of taken out of their hands, then it can lead to some inefficiencies for sure. And yeah, seems- but see, we weren't allowed to do that. Was that was the game book they had, yep. and you had to follow it because if not, yeah. I was in violation of the union. So my union question violation. is, it, what your concern was is, is outside influences being involved in the gubernatorial race in Wisconsin, and I'd say oh, there's, there's all kinds of outside influences on both sides, and that's how politics is in all states. I mean, you know, there's often the, they're indiscriminate about which people people on the other side of this issue from you, Mike, would say, you know, what about Alec? Alec is this bear, terrible, monstrous organization that they've pinpointed recently, um, or whatever that's been in politics for thirty years, and you know they're they're behind Scott Walker, and they're bad. You know, it, it, last year it was the Koch brothers, and the year before, who knows what it was? Uh, I'm sure. Personally, in my opinion, I'm rooting for Walker, and I didn't vote for him last time, but this <laughs> time I am. And and I think, in my theory, a lot of, right now, luckily, a lot of the kids and most of the people who are raising all the ruckus were from University of Madison. The kids just they were there just to fill the void and make ruckus and make waves, being young and dumb. Well, there, and, you there, know, there were a lot of union workers involved too, though. I mean, the, there was teachers that were out there uh, protesting, right? Well, you're right, right. But now a lot. Don't forget, a lot of most of the, the supporting was coming from the college itself, and now they're down for the summer, so they're going to be out of town. They're not going to care about what's going on with Walker. Or I see the. the and as far as them throwing a Democrat, from, I don't even know anything about him. I lived in the state for years. Hmm. He's some Democrat, some mayor out of uh, Milwaukee. That's all I know. Yeah, I've heard uh, he's the mayor from Milwaukee. Mike, I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in on Free Talk Live. Uh, 855-450-3733. When it comes to unions, I think that people should be able to join whatever club they want to be able to join. Mm-hmm. And I don't think those clubs should get any kind of preferential treatment from the government. I don't think anybody should have violence used against them, whether that person is management or whether that person's a worker mm-hmm. or whether that person's a worker by violence by other workers, whatever it is that, you know, that violence isn't the solution. And don't forget, the more competition there is in the in the marketplace, the more competition there will be for the best employees. And so bosses will want to treat their employees well. Indeed. And other that, types of companies where maybe they don't have bosses, maybe everyone's a co-op or something. I think it comes down to attitude of, of employees and management. 855-450-FREE. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, 
the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. Uh, we have a new advertiser on Free Talk Live, and Ooh, I'm very goody. excited about them. It's uh, the Sea Crane Company. Stephanie, cool. you're familiar? Yes, yeah. They are a company that, you know, they, I, radios really have been their thing all along, but they're into all kinds of technology. And there's a device that they have, uh, you know, and, and they're known for quality manufacturing. Um, everything I've ever gotten from the Sea Crane Company has been the best of the best. Uh, the only thing that I don't have that I, the, the only thing that I don't currently have that I bought from the Sea Crane Company actually lost in an automobile accident. It didn't break. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Um, there's a device that I now have called the. Let's see. I'm going to make sure I get this. USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. And it's a device that will allow you to get much better Wi-Fi reception on, say, a laptop or computer or something like that. And I don't know. Maybe you've got a big home or you've got uh, you know, your, uh, an office in the basement or some situation where you don't get that great a Wi-Fi reception. This will allow you to get Wi-Fi reception for up to a mile. I, I mean, That's pretty good. Yeah, wow. Wow. I have a you know a renter that shares the Wi-Fi connection with me, and um, you know at, at my home. And it used to be that if he wanted to get on the internet, he basically had to come sit by the office my office window. And now he uses this device, and it's just fine where he is. So if you have any kind of connectivity issues with your Wi-Fi, you're not getting it as strong as you'd like. This device will really make that happen for you. And mm-hmm. everything made by the Sea Crane Company is uh, is you know made the best. You can go to ccrane.com. That's C-C-R-A-N-E.com. Um, they have a toll-free number, but I figure why give it if it's a Wi-Fi antenna, right? I mean, you already have a computer. <laughs> so C-crane.com. Yeah, but maybe, maybe you're not picking up the internet, so you want to call. <laughs> also, um, when, you, uh, when you check out, they have an op- op- opportunity for you to let them know where you heard it from, and you can get a free flashlight if you, you mention Free Talk Live. So, oh, cool. Uh, you know, take a look. Get a flashlight. Who doesn't need another flashlight? <laughs> Your renter can signal to you to uh, turn on like a, like a little SOS with the flashlight to turn on the uh, antenna. Seacrane.com. <laughs> Let's go to Robert calling from Asheville, North Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? How's it going, you guys? All's well. Excellent. Um, I just wanted to mention something to y'all about a graveyard down at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, yep. the Marine Corps base. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be a ghost story? <laughs> Do you all know about the Marine Corps base? I know. I know that Camp Lejeune is one of the largest Marine Corps bases in the United States. Right. And they've got a graveyard down there where there's a bunch of children buried in the graveyard. Why would children be buried in the Marine Corps graveyard? There was the explanation that I received after 2001 was that there was a really bad dose of toxins all throughout the water. At Camp Lejeune? Yes. Okay. Does that like the red tide or something? They 
had toxins in through the they had they, the water system down there was full of degreasers and military Ooh. you know toxins okay. uh-huh yeah, and yeah. through the hospital and through the pregnancies of these women they lost a bunch of children down mm. at the marine base oh my oh, over the bad. years of like 80 or like 55 to 85 isn't the military they couldn't the fix US... the problem in 30 years yeah over 30 years wow. man wow and and they say the military is the biggest polluter you know but this is a concrete example of yeah. that yeah right this was on this was on my where I was born. I was born in the waters. I am the closest thing to a teenage mutant ninja turtle that I can think of. What do you what do you mean born in the waters? Uh, you were a, a, a... sir. I was I was conceived and born down in Jacksonville, North Carolina, while my father was in the Marines. Okay, and my mother lived on base. All right, and, and was I she? Ex- was, I was one of the children that would have been in the graveyard, but instead, I am alive to this day with a. I'm visually impaired with diabetes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have severe health issues. Wow. But I've had a claim in for over 12 years. And the Marine Corps has yet to talk to me about taking care of that. Really? So, mm-hmm. I mean, what did you put the Sorry claim in that. with the Veterans Administration? or I've went through a lot of different organizations. You have over 12 I am, years. I was, I am not a military member, I'm, but I am family. Right. And was born on the base, so that makes me even closer, mm-hmm. I think. That it's uh, wow. seems like a, I, you know I haven't even heard anything about uh, children being uh, buried there or having uh, problems with the the water. There, I, like I that. went there this past couple over the past couple of years. I had went there and there was uh, at least twenty or thirty that I had seen with my own eyes. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm so sorry to hear about that. I, I, I really hope you can get some kind of compensation for that. Do you have any uh, other plans to uh, you know push your case or you know you just well, well check it out, you guys. I, was, I also have a sister that was born down there who has had a claim in now for over 12 years, and she has the same neurological problems that I have. Mm. The Suspicious. studies have been done. The government is holding us on the studies being finalized. How are they holding you? They're waiting. They are not going to touch the claims until the study. The Congress has pushed the issues that they're not going to touch the claims until. The and are there, are there other people who have the same there's, problems? There's, there could have been over a million that were affected. Wow. From the toxins in the water. Does that the mean there have been a million babies born there? There was over. There were so many That's hundreds that had died during those years. Uh huh. Wow. And then there were so many military members who ended up with cancers and big holes you know, and, and all kinds of diseases wow. from drinking the water at an older age. Robert, uh, p- please keep us abreast of this. I'm interested yeah. if there's any movement in this case. I'm, uh, you know, I'm sorry to what, about what happened to you. Thanks for calling in. 855-450-3733 here on Free yeah, Talk Just because the water comes from the city or something like that doesn't mean it's, you know, it's safe to drink, I guess. I, yep. I filter mine. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that would have helped, but... Yeah, I get mine off the side side of a mountain and filter it twice. Yeah, <laughs> Frank Too bad. in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Ah, good evening, Frank. I thought yeah, you'd, you'd be at the Bilderberg meeting. <laughs> yeah, that last call is sad, but Indeed. you know it's kind of like if you can. You're, you're both too young to remember Vietnam and the Agent Orange debacle, whereby you know there were literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of vets that had health issues related to the uh, defoliant agent orange. Right. Yeah, and, and then there's the depleted uranium, is, right, going on right now. They basically said nothing, oh, it, it was harmless, it didn't do things, until about 95% of the vets died. And then 
the government finally admitted, you know, 25 or 30 years later that, oh, yes, Agent Orange was a problem. And they still haven't paid off the claims, uh, you know, uh, to the survivors or to the remaining. Yeah, that's a big uh, problem because who holds them accountable for using these substances that are really harmful to the environment and people? And they kind of stick around in the environment, too. They do. Yeah. And the sad thing is when you look at all of the problems in Southeast Asia where that was used, chaos, uh, what am I saying, Laos, Cambodia, Mm -hmm. Vietnam, uh, in the Philippines, it's really tragic when you see, you know, the remnants of that, especially with the birth defects and the problems that, uh, you know, the Vietnamese government had after, you know, the war. So in a sense... Aren't they spraying things I'm now in Colombia on the cocoa you know, plants the and government. stuff? And always remember, when you're in the military, you lose your civil rights. The government can do whatever it wants to you when you have no legal claim. And that's the way it's always been from the Tuskegee uh, yeah, nothing but destruction and death. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Frank, hold the line if you would. Yes. 855-450-3733. Call in on what's on your mind. Veterans issues? Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's bigger, gayer dance party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping dance music and a giant tent full of liberty lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Oh, uh, d- sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Fiolencia. There's going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedom.com slash dance party. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Give us a call. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been all over the board tonight. Well, you know, and that's the way Free Talk Live goes. Yeah. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Yeah, we started out talking about kids and corporal punishment and, you know, went on to unions and, you know, poisoned water at Camp Lejeune. You never know what's going to happen on Free Talk Live. Um, I want to ask Frank about the Bilderberg Conference, right? That's right. We'll find out yeah. here in just a second. Frank's on the, on the line from New York City. Uh, Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. Uh, with Bitcoins, you don't have to sign any contracts or click on any terms of service. It's an open source uh, software where you can send and receive money. They're, they're digital currency. They're digital cash. They're cash for the Internet. And you can send and receive them without any fees. You don't need any permission from any banking organization to do it. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. They're great. And, you know, the, the big advantage is, to them is really the no fees. Now, thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. You can buy your Bitcoins with cash at BitInstant.com. They'll give you the instructions there, BitInstant.com. So let's go back to Frank in New York. Frank, you're back on Free Talk Live. Hi, good. Yeah, as I said, the reason why I called in tonight was I wanted to, you know, commend the protesters in Chantilly, Virginia, you know, for... uh, making their voices known and uh, standing up for, you know, the human and civil rights that really everyone on the planet has, not just the elite, the 0.0023% of the uh, world's population (laughs) that believes it owns everything. And I think it's time, you know, for the uh, voice of reason 
and the voice of disgust worldwide to materialize. And uh, as I said, what's interesting about it, too, it's the first time the British press has covered it with any detail. I was reading The uh, Guardian today in The Independent, and both of the British papers have uh, quite a few articles devoted to the event and to the protesters. And, uh, you know, it's nice that for the first time they're covering it. And uh, sadly, a lot of our newspapers here aren't. So So what do you think is the most uh, relevant thing that's occurred there at the protest? I've seen news stories of the protest, but I really haven't paid much attention otherwise. Well, the way... The way this country is set up right now with Obama having the sole, being the sole arbiter of who lives and who dies without habeas corpus and allowing the, uh, uh, allowing his pen, you know, to, uh, terminate people's lives in this country and abroad without due process, uh, is really, you know, crossing the Rubicon. And it's interesting that there were more articles about that in the foreign press last week than in any of the American papers. So in a sense, we have to realize that, you know, if 90% or 80% of the population is going to be called as a number of insiders would like that to happen, uh, it's time to figure out, you know, are the people, are the 80 or 90% going to go down on their knees or are they going to go down swinging and take, you know, uh, some of the two point the point zero zero two three five six percent of the population that you know controls uh, uh, the vast majority of the wealth and the corporation. What does that mean? Go down swinging? Like, well, you... it means you're if you're gonna if if it's gonna be ended, are you gonna go down? Uh, you know, groveling on your knees, or are you gonna go down swinging? You know, making like with violence because I can't really. Support. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's intriguing. When you have people presenting, you know, programs about destabilizing populations, destabilizing regimes that are legitimate sovereign governments, uh, and, you know, to, to say that any kind of resistance to that, which according to the UN Charter of Rights and Freedoms, people have a right to re- to resist their oppressors, and uh, you know I think it's I think people are going to have to uh, find out their own truth, what's happening to them, you know. So, and I yeah, think- you're, I mean you're being very careful about what you say, Frank. But like, what are you doing? Are you are you arming up or something like that? Because I think we've talked about that a lot on this program, and it doesn't no, really do I'm anybody up any good. Where I live, you know, one can't arm up. But the point is, are you getting in the good graces of the Bilderberg? Four hundred one k, their retirement fund, and their house is taken, and their jobs are taken. They're going to wake up very quickly yeah, and, and say, "Who did this? It was done because this senator did this, or who was the senator that introduced the provisions?" It seems like people don't uh, preventing, really preventing blame the government, from though. Protesting, but it sounds like so, there's a, Frank, a secret service person or a government official. It, well, it's, we know who, Frank, who did that. That was Carl Levin. It the sounds like is, Frank. Um, it sounds like people don't usually blame the government for these things, though. I see a lot of anger directed at corporations. Well, the corporations, the government represents the interests of the corporations right now. Yep, and the I agree, but people don't. And the senators, they all basically represent the corporate interest through the political action committees and the way it's funded. They're not sure. representing the Americans or even or even following the rule of law and the Constitution. So in a sense, 
when when the system collapses, people are going to say, well, who allowed this to happen? Oh, it was this president, the, the, uh, right. Bill Clinton, that terminated Glass-Steagall. And sadly, Bill. it's the president that always bears the, you know, bears it all. Like, there's there's 535 other people that are elected. Of course, but and the point is, let me finish. Of, there's a record, there's a paper trail with every bill that's been introduced, who voted for it, who voted against it. When people realize that these bills that have been passed, such as the uh, the, the National Defense Authorization Act of 2011 uh, that has the provisions for indefinite detainment, uh, provisions of the Homeland Security Act, Patriot Act 1 and 2, the Military Commissions Act of 2006, all of these laws have been written by people and introduced by senators and congressmen and voted by them. And I think the record is there, and it's time for people to say, oh, this is what caused this event. Therefore, these people should be brought to trial for treason. They did this. They did this. And then after they're tried in this country, send them over to The Hague to be tried or send them to Afghanistan, I, Iraq. I kind of doubt that's going to happen, though. Well, I do, I do, too. But the point is the system is going to collapse. And when it does, the people that have lost everything are going to be awfully mad. Uh, they're not just going to be little true. sheep. Yeah. It will, you know, once, and, and the being system, led off to the slaughter, and indeed, I mean, certainly a lot of people will be little sheep. But, you know, I, I think right now the Rubicon has been crossed. The Rubicon the looks United pretty muddy. States, I mean, it's been crossed so darn many times, it's like a zigzag across that thing. Well, see, the point is this. You're saying, well, nothing's going to happen. Nothing has happened in the past because everyone sort of got a piece of the pie, yeah. a little bit of the action. But the point is, when it collapses completely... And those pension funds are gone. There's no uh, uh, money with regard to security or savings. Or when the government decides to confiscate the gold because China's going to demand payment within two years of a percentage of You think their that's going to happen? You think the government's gold? going to outlaw individual possession of gold again? Oh, I think that will happen, definitely. Just like FDR did in 1934, we're going to see that happen uh, after – uh, 2012. They already are sort of telling people like, well, you're going to have to cut back. You're really going to have to scrimp and save and, and stuff. But of course, we all know that the government doesn't do that. You know, yeah. they're, well, you know, they're the all about austerity right measures, is, right? The Go government ahead. is doing a lot of building outside of Washington, Denver. There's a new national NSA, national security, uh, in Utah, complex that's being built out in the West. It's yeah. going to house all of the data yeah. uh, from the past ten years. I feel with safer already. Emails <laughs> and all sorts of things. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the government that's spending trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars on its own uh, infrastructure, while letting the people here, you know, in the cities, you know, let that infrastructure collapse, or when the uh, communities declare bankruptcy. If you look at the states right now, of the 50 states, over 46 are bankrupt. And well, that's certainly something. on their way. Uh, Frank, no, no, they, the they actually are. Unless they can borrow, they can't make the next, you know, uh, fiscal year. Now, so we're in a- as long as you can still borrow. <laughs> 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Your thoughts next.
Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes. With C Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, LRN.FM, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com, ccrane.com. Free Talk Live. 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733. And Stephanie, yes. in just a few days, oh yeah, the Porcupine Freedom Festival will begin. Mm-hmm. I am very excited. If you listen to the uh, Liberty Radio Network, you'll hear me saying, I am so excited about Porkfest. <laughs> <laughs> LRN.FM. That's a little side project of uh, Free Talk Live that we do here. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a little radio network. But Porkfest is the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and it's a camping event for people who like liberty. It's going to be happening this June 18th to the 24th up at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Um, it's been there for the past couple of years, and uh, we really... What Mark's making a face at me. Nope, Everything nope. okay? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, we're very excited about it. It's been there for the past couple of years. It's been really fun. I mean, really, really fun. Uh, Food, activities, concerts, comedy, live radio shows like Free Talk Live. We're going to be there, Mark. Uh, We'll be setting up Free Talk Live on the 17th, actually, the day before Porkfest starts. That's right. We're going to be doing Free Talk Live Sunday edition from there. That'll be, what, two weeks from now? Is it two weeks from now? Yeah. Very soon. Yep. So, uh, yes, couldn't be more excited about that. There's still time to get your tickets at uh, the Happy Porcupine, excuse me, happyporcupine.info. And one thing you don't want to do is leave it until Porkfest to get your tickets because you're going to be standing Die in a line, line, very in long the sun. line. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to arrive at Rogers Campground after hours of driving. Even if you're coming from New Hampshire, it's hours of driving. <laughs> and you want to get to your campsite and get set up. You don't want to um, you know, have to worry about your tickets. So get, get them now. Mm, definitely. Uh, so one more time, happyporcupine.info. Uh, also, you're going to need to get a campsite, too, or make a reservation with uh, Rogers Campground. But all the info is on the website, happyporcupine.info. Excellent. So we were just talking to Frank uh, from New York, and you know there were so many things discussed that uh, that, that I didn't ever got a chance to to get in and uh, get my thoughts out on them. Mm. But you know it's like the sort of scary government predictions of the future, these uh, dystopian predictions, and there's no doubt that tyranny has its consequences, and the United States is not on a path of liberty. It, you, at one point, no. at one point, I would say that it probably was in the relatively recent past. Not to say that it was ever a free place, because you know that's a that, that that's an absolute. But it seemed like things were getting better and better. And now I think that the only hope that man has seems to be technology. Um, you know the. the yeah, technology technology. allowing you to live in different places, freeing up your free time. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan, actually, of of getting as much freedom as I can in my own life. You know, and the internet's been huge for that. Mm -hmm. And it's but there's only so much you can get when you live in a police state and a really intrusive government and. You know, huge taxes are all around you. Well, most people don't feel the police state. Most people just feel the. I think more people are starting to feel it, right? See it. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Like, I see it, but mm. I don't feel it. 
Hmm. I don't. I don't deal with police officers on a regular basis. Generally, well, what I'm, about when you go to the airport? I mean, uh, yep. I know you don't fly too often. I try but... to avoid it, and uh, thirty, you know, the domestic and or international flights into this country are down by thirty yeah. percent as a result of, well, in my opinion, the police state at the airport. Certainly, but you know, a lot of people are just used to doing that. But it, but are you it? Mark at the point of of you know getting an AK forty seven and saying like I'm going to defend my liberty or whatever? I mean, I don't it think almost, it's effective. No, no, me neither. And I I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do that, and I wouldn't want to even think about it because it would stress me out, and I'd be less free because I'd be worrying about it all the time. I agree with you there, on that. There are some things you can do maybe to protect yourself, like, I don't know, you know, invest in whatever precious metals or buy some food. They store. say gold's going to rally here in the future. I don't know. I hope so. I, I don't know either, but I mean, like, there are things that you can do if you believe that there is a big collapse coming or that you might not be able to get food for a couple of weeks in some event or something like that. Well, yeah, you should have food stocked up. Sure. It's <laughs> not. It's never a bad idea. You can always eat it if it doesn't happen, you know. Indeed. <laughs> and water and, uh, and you know, uh, at least provisions for, you know, a couple of weeks, right, just in case something happens. And then you won't have to worry about it. It won't be on your mind. And to me, that's the point of preparedness is so that it sets you free, not so that you spend all of your time preparing for the big one, you know, worrying about it and thinking it's going to happen any day now and getting all kinds of more stuff. And no, I mean, it should be something that you do and you feel peace of mind and then you let it go, you know. Seems like it to me. I, you know, I mean, I don't, people, but people, I don't think anybody can predict what's going to happen with the government in the future. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's certainly getting more tyrannical. There's no doubt about it. Some yeah, we can predict that, that much, right? That it's going to grow and become more intrusive. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's it's a prediction that seems pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's very few instances where the government in American history has shrank. Uh, this is, and what, one thing's for sure: all empires fall. They all mm-hmm. fall. Yep. And the United States is uh, – some people have called it a reluctant empire, but it seems to have they grown into the shoes to of me. the empire shoes <laughs> pretty well to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean they're not, they're not conquering lands and taking them over, but they certainly are controlling people through the sort of puppet dictators and that sort of thing. Um, you know, the, uh, Karzai is probably the most uh, recent and best example in, in Afghanistan. They you know, put this guy in control and said, oh, yeah, here, folks, this is your new interim leader and vote for him it'll be a good idea and then he turns on them you know the, he'll be the bad guy in 10 mm. or 15 years you just you just wait and see but you know i mean is the is the united states going to crash in five years is it going to be 50 i don't know i don't think there's any way to know mm-hmm. i think that uh, you know the best thing you can do is be prepared and you know I, I i don't even know what that looks like is it a good idea to carry debt is it not a good idea to carry debt it seems like it's a good idea to have some food around it certainly seems like a good idea to have some ammunition and maybe a rifle to go hunting with well the, the signals that they're sending right now which you know of course the government sets the interest rates right and so to set them low is saying yeah i get you know borrow as much as you want and that that's what creates the credit cycle right or the business cycle mm-hmm. and I, my terminology i haven't read mises.org in a while but the business cycle yeah <laughs> the business cycle but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, the government is sending signals to people that probably aren't real market signals, and so that can distort things, right? Sure. Uh, I don't know. During the I... housing boom, I mean, you know, there's lots of people in construction companies that took out huge amounts of debt. Why mm-hmm. they take out debt? Because there was a huge amount of business, and then the bubble burst. And and cheaply available credit, right, right. causing malinvestment. Right. And then uh, malinvestment is in things that, you know, maybe didn't really need to be built. Right. And then uh, somehow they 
they find out that, hey, these things weren't great projects, and then they have to liquidate them, and that's very costly. I can't remember how many fewer households there are than uh, there were in 2005. Yeah, a lot of people have moved back in with their parents. Yeah, consolidation. Or people, parents have moved in with their children, and I think there's like 20% fewer households in the United States than there were. And... You know, I mean, this is this is shocking. This is it's a shocking thing. The idea that, you know, people who once lived on their own are now living with family and there's just that fewer need of structures and domicile. But, but, you know, violence isn't going to solve that. Like one of the things I really wanted to say, like that this call made me think of from Frank, like he was kind of dancing on a line, but but he was really saying something like, well, I don't know, people are people going to go on their knees and beg and scrape or are they going to go swinging like uh, implying violence and you know I heard this really interesting interview with a Holocaust survivor mm -hmm. and uh, she was a little girl during the Holocaust but her mother um, like just used all these really creative tactics and like so in like basically networking to evade and escape uh, the Nazis and what she would do is find out information from her neighbors she would talk to people she would kind of charm uh, like she would see the police on the corner and she would like make up lies and she would charm her way out of situations and her and her girl uh, survived. They ran away. They they fled. Uh, they fled Poland, which is where they were. They were in the mm-hmm. Warsaw ghetto and uh, she lived to tell the tale. And her I, mother lived until an older age. I love the idea. I, you know, it's, it sounds great. So, but, but, but if they had th- taken up guns and, and armed resistance, they wouldn't have lived. Individually. That much is true, but uh, you know certainly when you're dealing. Do you with care about? I mean, do you terrain. care more about your own life or about the lives of maybe other people? I certainly my my life and my family's uh, are, you know my family's lives are the most important lives to yep. me. Um, you know my my. I don't want important. to sacrifice my life for other people. You know, and a revol- but revolutions are inevitable when it comes to tyrannical organizations. I mean, it it or happens. just escaping, what are they getting look away. Like? These things always change, and with the with technology, we I'd, I'd spoken how technology is is freeing mm-hmm. us, but it's this double edged sword. The, the government has not slept when it came, comes to technology. They have increased their level of, uh, of of lethal and non lethal weapons to the point that any kind of resistance can be dealt with, and. It is becoming far less likely that you're going to be able to deal with a government in a violent fashion. Now, at some point or another, it weakens to the point that a revolution you know, can then take it over. But revolution just means installing the new guy. Mm-hmm. Is they what happen it's meant up to regularly point, in other parts of the world. And if you read about it, not a lot changes most of the time. No, no, it's just a new uh, yep. dictator, you know, same as the hail to the new chief. Same very as the old bloody. Chief. So, yeah, I guess what path do you want to take? Peace or violence? And I choose peace. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Your thoughts are welcome. 855-450-FREE. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com
Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the single toll-free call in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Kicking off the third hour, as I said, of the live Sunday edition. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. And we're going to kick it off with a bang. (laughs) (laughs) You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. But, you know, we also talk about the things that we've got when there's no calls on the line. So I've got a story here from WTPS.com. I think that's in, uh, in in Florida, but I believe this story is uh, from Alabama. I, I don't know. We'll take a look here. Okay. I uh, read it through the other night and don't have all the facts right on top of my head. Byron Thomas is 19, black, a freshman at the University of South Carolina, Beaufort, and a proud Southerner. He hung a Confederate flag in his dorm room window until the uh, university asked him to take it down because several people had complained about it. The university later, what's that? You got something to, something to say? <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> something let to say, you effete, liberal, <laughs> southern let, hater. Well, just let that sink in for a minute. I mean, there's somebody who has a Confederate flag. He's not the first. No, <laughs> I've read not. story after story yeah. of black people with involved with Confederate flags, and I find it yeah. very interesting. Because well, well, it's interesting because there's a connotation of racism that goes with this flag, right? It's been used people, yeah, yeah. by neo-Nazi groups uh-huh. and the KKK. Sure, uh, it's you know some people say, well, it's just Southern heritage, yep. but that you know it ties in with the Civil War and the slavery and the. I don't know. I wouldn't want to fly it. I even if I was a so-called proud. I mean, what does that even mean to be a proud Southerner? What's does that do to, certain things go with that? Do what does it mean to I be a so. proud American? I, I mean. That, I think that there are things that go with being a proud Southern. But why does it define who you are, like where you come from? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think that is relevant to a person's character or, or anything. Do I think see? it's difficult for a Northerner to understand that particular aspect. And let me try to give some enlightenment in this area. Well, I wouldn't say I'm a proud white person. I, or, you wouldn't say you're a proud <laughs> Northerner either, would you? No. No, you wouldn't. And let but me I don't talk- define myself about you know based on where I was born. I wouldn't say I don't I'm, think I'm a proud I'm, Granite Stater either. I, I and think- I wasn't born here, but I wouldn't say I'm a proud Massachusetts because I was born there. It doesn't make sense. Uh, well, I, I, okay, so you're trying to completely uh, you know alienate yourself from the sort of tribal feeling that people tend to uh, you know ascribe for them. Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, that leads to pretty dangerous things. Uh, agreed. Yeah. But. You know, like you'll never hear anybody say that they're a proud northerner. And being from the South, I th- I can understand to some extent what they're talking about. The uh, South is a defeated land, and I would say for at least a hundred years after the Civil War, the North uh, was was had some level of control over the South. You know, just sort of lorded over them to some extent. Now, you know, no northerner is going to see it that way. No conquering group ever sees themselves as the tyrants. They and just there, don't. There, there was an easy solution to that, right? Is let people, you know, the the more you can uh, decentralize uh, association, you know what I mean? Just let them go, right? Well, and you know, that's why kind fight of, a war to keep some? You know, I don't see any. I don't see any reason to have a fought a war to preserve the union. Yeah. But you can see why some people, in retrospect, and you know, mostly the Civil War was not fought about uh, you know protecting blacks from slavery or anything like oh, that. Oh yeah, Lincoln has a bunch of racist statements. He he wasn't a fan. But when you when they write rewrite history, and they always rewrite history after wars. Mm-hmm. When yeah. they rewrite history, they say, well, we protected the black people from slavery and isn't that awesome and you know what that's good you know more freedoms better than less freedom mm-hmm. now if one it were has true to, yeah <laughs> one has to question you know how would the freedom of blacks have evolved in the, the, the confederate 
States of America versus how they evolved, how it evolved. In yeah, the United I mean, States of up America. until like the 1960s, it didn't seem like they had very much freedom, you know. And, and one they really weren't has slaves. To, how but... much of that was a result of the South being beaten? How, you know, how much was well, we got beat. It's because these black people we got beat, so we're going to hold them down. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. I, it, this is all entirely in the realm of speculation because you you don't have a control group. Mm-hmm. You know, you have reality, and there is no control group for what might have happened <laughs> if you know such and such didn't well, occur. Well, there was freedom. What about the North, though? I mean, like there were black people who escaped to the North and sure. they were they were relatively free. I mean, freer than they would have been. Yeah. But, I mean, if you take there, there is no there were abolitionists up there in the North. Yeah. But but the North was no paradise for black people. Sure. There's yeah. no there's no time you can point <laughs> okay. at where you say, oh, well, that that sure was fair. Um, no, it absolutely wasn't fair. I didn't mean to give off that. Probably impression. Canada. It wasn't fair for them to be taken from Africa or whatever and brought sure. against their will into slavery. I mean, that's the biggest injustice and somehow that has to be uh dealt with and fleshed out you know this is why this is a really complicated situation this guy byron thomas decides that he wants to fly he's you know young and black and at the university of south carolina and wants to to fly a southern flag does this have any any quotes from him or like oh yeah what does he say about it he says i know it's kind of weird because i'm black when i look at this flag i don't see racism i see pride respect southern pride that's what i see um southern pride he says ignorance gave the flag the flag a bad name ignorant people like the kkk and you know i mean is he trying to win it back Hmm. i think that there's some arguments for this having been done you know winning back bad words or bad things uh, the Quakers, for instance, it, okay. used to, it used to be an epithet to call somebody a Quaker. Um, you know, okay. they, they would quake with zeal or whatever. They were the religious society of friends. Mm-hmm. But now they're called the Quakers, too. They took that, that epithet, yeah. and nobody even considers it an insult anymore. Right. Michigander used to be an insult for people from Michigan. But now that's what you call people from Michigan because they took it. They wore it. They owned okay, it. Okay, what about slut? I, I mean, there are people who are trying to take trying that word to. back. It the slut seem, walk. Have you ever heard of that? I don't see it What about the value? N-word? What about anarchist? Now, the N-word <laughs> is an interesting one because it's on its way to, to being uh, won back. There are. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't think there so. Are, there are certainly, uh, you know, black people can use it with uh, within their own community without any kind of recriminations. Oftentimes, there are very There few, are some black people who don't like it, though. Just some, like there, there are some gay and, people who don't like some gay people will say faggot. But yeah. some gay people don't like that. Sure. Like Dale, you know, he doesn't like that I word. won't use the terms because I don't but fit Derek doesn't into mind. those peer groups. Um, and, you know, it's not acceptable. But yeah. we, now, as a result, you'll find that many people, many ethnicities will, especially younger ones, will use the N-word to communicate amongst themselves. And they use it as friend or whatever. That's the terminology they're using it for. So the N-word is on its way back to being one back. I would never use it. I wouldn't. No. For one, you can end a career in broadcasting by saying the words, but I would never use it. Um, you know, I have a very good friend of mine. Somebody used that term regarding him, and I, it enraged me to hear them use that term regarding my friend. No, no, you do and not how, use that term. Yeah, and how did he feel about it? Oh, he's it? fine. I mean, you know. Oh. So, yeah, see, I, I don't understand. And I, w- see, I wouldn't be like, comfortable calling, uh, saying like, hey, slut, give me a high five. You know, like I would never do that. <laughs> that's not that's not my comfort zone. And some words have history behind them. Maybe it depends on how old you were or how what you sure. originally learned about that word. But uh, to me, the Confederate flag is sort of like 
those words. There are at least some people who are really, really still have those negative connotations attached to it. To me, the the Confederate flag, we're speaking of not the the actual flag of the um, Confederate States of America, but the, I believe the Virginia, the second Virginia battle flag or something like that, it's called. Um, And that's the, you know, the red one with the blue and uh, blue bars crossing on it Mm. with stars in it. And to me, if you're going to look at these flags, flags are what? uh, Flags are banners of war and death. If you're going to look at these banners of war and death and say, well, I like this one. I don't like that one. To me, I love the way the Confederate flag looks. I think it's one of the most beautiful ones out there. I'm sure that there are people who disagree with me. I happen to like Argentinas there, too. It's you got know, a the swastika the is used in some art too, like ancient Greek art way before the Holocaust. And, it, you know, some people could argue that they aesthetically like the way it looks, but yeah, the symbolism has been completely ruined, you know? Yeah, the, 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 their symbolism, you cannot win, win back, no. from my opinion. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, you know, the swastika actually, I believe, um, you know, sort of uh, different in American Indians and then like also the, you know, Southeast Asian Indians mm-hmm. um, have used swastikas as symbols, but like turn the other direction. Yes. Can you imagine tattooing a swastika turned the other direction oh on your forehead gosh, yeah. and that being, oh no, no, it's an Indian symbol. You're not going to win that thing back. That thing's gone yeah <laughs> you know and i wonder to myself whether the the confederate flag is that another one of these symbols should it be flushed into the toilet of history or mm. is it worth saving for whatever reason your answers free talk live 855-450-3733 free talk live 855-450-free Hey, this is Mandrake. And this is Jay. And we're getting ready for Porkfest 2012. Porkfest is the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. And this year's Porkfest will be the best yet. Why is that, Mandrake? Because of all the great speakers that'll be there? Or maybe the family fun events? Perhaps you're excited about Flaming Freedom's Big Gay Dance Party? Actually, I had no idea any of that goes on. You had no idea because you and I spend all our time running the George's Famous Baklava Food Stand. And that's why I'm so excited. Every year we get to meet so many great people who stop by for food and jokes, some of which are a little dirty. Yeah, about the dirty jokes, we should try Try not to offend so many people this year. It was one person, and I thought her wooden leg was for the pirate party. Oh, and don't forget all those times you walked away for five minutes only to return two hours later. I kept getting mauled by all my fans. You fell asleep on a picnic table. Oh, right. Hey, you want to wrap this up? Go to porkfest.com and register today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Free Talk Live, 855 453. That's the SACL toll free call in line, 855 450 3733. Call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark and Stephanie. And I want to, if you're a coffee drinker, there's a really Really great company that produces coffee out there called O'Neill Coffee. I've uh, recently tried their coffee. It's some of the best coffee I've ever tasted. Uh, They are a third-generation family-owned business. They roast each batch with the finest beans and the utmost care. They've got more than 40 different varieties of gourmet and flavored coffees that you can choose from. And when I say gourmet, they're not – it's not just – Using the term gourmet, I mean this really is great coffee. Um, you know, I've got my favorites, but you know, pick whatever's great, for, what's, whatever's good for you. When you buy more than seventy five dollars or seventy five dollars or more, you enter the coupon code FTL in the special instructions. You can get a free mug and free shipping. 
you know, when you when you get seventy five dollars more, you get the free shipping, and that it, it makes the it brings the cost down uh, down into that sort of normal range. It's probably less expensive to get the gourmet coffee from O'Neill Coffee at coffee.freetalklive.com than it is to get gourmet coffee right around the corner from your house. So it's coffee.freetalklive.com. Get it delivered to your door. Coffee.freetalklive.com. All right. Well, we were talking about, well, I guess uh, this young black student that's uh, flying the Confederate flag in his uh, dorm room or was. And um, But uh, let's go to uh, Matt in Illinois. Matt, what do you want to talk about? Hello, Stephanie Mark. What's going on? Oh, I wanted to wish Stephanie a happy birthday tomorrow. Is it your birthday, Stephanie? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank be you. A big girl. I you know every day is like a birthday because, you know, you're always a year old, older than you were a year ago. So, Matt, thank you, Matt. Yes, you're welcome. As as far as taking symbols back goes, I think that uh, if if it's worth it to anybody, they ought to go for it. I mean, even if it's the Nazi symbol, I know you think that that's gone forever, but who knows? A hundred years from now, maybe not so much. What's to win back I, from the Nazi symbol? I mean, the only well, thing they ever claimed that he did well was uh, well, that the Nazis did well was uh, Volkswagen and the trains ran on time. Like, I mean, I've never heard anything else good. It's actually it's a mystical symbol uh, of an ancient religion. Okay. And, uh, it supposedly has a lot of power. Well, yeah. You know, it managed Surely to there's live. another mystical symbol that has a lot of power then, right? Well, I mean, it still has Very a lot of power because... because yeah, it's people, powerful, that's for sure. Yeah, people, you know, attach a connotation to it and it's a negative one <laughs> so uh, but you know if it's worth it to some person to, to anybody out there to try to take it back for whatever reason i say go for it i, I personally i don't attach the same um uh the same type of power to those symbols that other people do and, and i think it's too bad that that these words uh, and symbols that we we care not to use anymore because they were taken by evil people. I think it's too bad that, that they were stolen and that people you think of them that way nowadays. Yeah, I, but admittedly, I, I there's, 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 there's a loss there. I mean, and uh, thanks for the call, Matt. You know, you think about it for a second. Where are all the uh, young kids named Adolf? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a destroyed name. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I have heard uh, people in South America named Adolfo, but I don't think it has the you know the same effect in South mm-hmm. America. I mean, yeah, they didn't. They... I wonder if that name is popular in Germany. I don't know. I, I don't know I, either. I, I haven't met. Maybe someone from Germany could call it's, in. It's one of those sort of ruined things, and it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, if you try to take a word back, though, like you can't be surprised if people are confused, you know, because they they've only heard the negative connotation. Sure. And I think I I really care about you know, calling people what they're comfortable with, like the name that they want to be called and the title that they want to be called. And I, of course, that's why I call Mark Big Daddy Rhino Schwanz. Right. Because and, that's what he is. This is, <laughs> this is a point that I've made in the past is that, you know, at some point or another, somebody's going to be, they're controlling you when they dictate what kind of verbiage you're going to I don't think use. so. I can't, like if it's my friend or even if someone I, not, you know, care about a little bit, I, I want to call them what they want to be called. But like, there's there's meanings to words too. So if I say, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking about something that's important to you, atheist. You mm-hmm. you are, you claim to be an atheist, and sure. if 
I had all the same beliefs as you do, but I refused to call myself an atheist and became upset when I was called an atheist. I wanted to be called instead a Christian. Would that confuse you? Would that upset you? I mean, like, it, it would definitely confuse me because Christian has a specific meaning. But if you wanted to be called well, non, non-religious, <laughs> like if you wanted to be called an alternative word to atheist, like non-religious, non-believer, um, but like some people, free thinker, uh, something like that, were born men and want to be called women. Ah, uh, yes, and there are people who who don't acknowledge that. Oh, right. I'm going to call him Jack because he was born Jack. I'm not going to call him Jackie. Do you see That's how preposterous? That, but but do you see how that can be confusing for those people? In the same way that you want to call your friend uh, who's an atheist, some non-religious or whatever term you want to use, um, you know, a gender transition, whatever, whatever term is you want to use, these people wouldn't want to, and you wouldn't want to call them a Christian because that means something to you mm-hmm. that means, that means the opposite you know something completely different right yeah. as does man and woman i mean you know i think if, if you said somebody what's the opposite of man they wouldn't say beagle they would say woman uh-huh. and so you know for somebody to claim to be and, so and, you know there's terminology though for transgendered people like sure. trans man it yeah. means someone who was born but I'll bet you a there female transition like to male i bet there are transgendered people that don't like that terminology so uh, all Maybe. i'm saying is, is uh, that's that, why i ask it does it takes such minimal effort to, for me to ask somebody you know i have a transgendered friend who just likes to be called their first name the one that they chose right and that's what i call that person and that's cool with me too i Mm -hmm. got it but i can also i also see how if i chose to and the reason that i use the the facetious big daddy rhino schwantz that i want you want you to call me is that yes big daddy i can just i can change the whole world no no i don't want you to call that beagle over there a beagle i want you to call it a parrot like i suddenly i get to control your whole universe because i control no, your speech no not really because uh, I, I mean if you asked if you said okay we have a call but no no i want to hear what you say well if you said you have to call that beagle over there a parrot why i mean does that is that offend you does that what really... about the colors i'm wearing can, can i force you to say that this white shirt that i'm wearing is uh, in fact uh, plaid no, because words have meaning, and your shirt isn't plaid. <laughs> I think that's what I'm talking about here: is that words, if words have meaning, then right. But if, if two ah! if if two words have like pretty much the same meaning, uh, anyway, let's go to the Bill points. in Virginia, West Virginia. <laughs> Bill here on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening. How y'all doing? All's well. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear. It. I wanted to make a comment concerning the Confederate battle flag because I was there once and had a neighbor that was there once. And, Where? Uh, against it due to the symbolization of it oh you were you were against uh, the confederate flag because of its symbolism okay uh, supposedly yeah um actually after reading real history instead of revisionist history uh the the way the confederate battle flag came into being was uh there was a day on the field when they couldn't recognize the flag and there was not enough distinction between the two sides sure so the Confederate battle flag was drawn up, and it was patterned after St. Andrew's Cross, right? which is a religious symbol. And every time I told the Bill, could you hold the line here? I want to find out uh, what what convinced you otherwise when it came to the uh, Confederate battle flag. And the reason he's saying the battle flag is because uh, the the Confederate flag that we all know really wasn't the flag of the Confederate States of America. And he's uh, trying to make a distinction there. Hmm. Interesting. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. What do you think about the Confederate flag? 855-450-FREE. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. 
It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on uh, Free Talk Live. We've been all over the board this evening. The live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. But if you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, and you want to get the name brands at the best price, you need to check out ManVentureOutpost.com. Before you buy anything for the outdoors enthusiast, go check the prices in the selection at ManVentureOutpost.com. They've got everything that, that you're going to need. Knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, whatever the outdoors enthusiast needs. And they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. We know that's important when you're buying online. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Dot com. All right. Well, let's go back to Bill in uh, West Virginia. He's talking about how his mind was changed about the Confederate flag. Bill, you're back on Free Talk Live. No, my neighbor's mind was changed. I was able to, you know, I told her, I said, uh, after discussion, I told her I can educate ignorance, but I can't argue with stupidity. I, too, was uh, educated <laughs> I like in that the saying. school system and uh, found out that the winners write the books. Oh, yeah. And once I did some mm. digging myself. I found out that uh, actually it was the war of northern aggression. It was not over slavery. It was over taxation. Um, in a lot of ways, I mean, certainly, I, I know four states in their secession documents inter, you know, mentioned slavery. So I wouldn't want to diminish the role that slavery played in the secession of the Confederate States of America. But at the same time, there were, you know, there were t- taxes that were just completely intolerable. Well, Abraham Lincoln stated that you can keep. Your slaves, all I want is a 40% tariff. But if you read the Constitution of the Confederate States of America, it banned slavery a year after its inception, a year after the War of Northern Aggression, because you can't call it a civil war. Civil war has to occur within the same country. Yep. Uh, so a year after the war, Robert E. Lee had no slaves. Ulysses S. Grant still had slaves. Right, and when you, I mean, the fact is that uh, that Lincoln freed no slaves in a country that he ruled over. Um, no, I mean, none. Right. Uh, there, no. all all the states, the southern states that uh, were still that had slavery, and it was what West Virginia, uh, Maryland. I don't know. There was Kentucky. Several of them. Uh, there were four of them, I believe. They they weren't required to give up slaves. That wasn't until after the um, you know after Lincoln was dead. And I, I could find no documentation anywhere where the South sent a general through the North raping, burning, and pillaging. No, they didn't get very far in the North. That uh, that kind of stopped stopped uh, right away. That's right. But uh, General Sherman marched all through the South doing the same thing. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. There was and, no, uh, no doubt. Uh, the the, the destruction never, that w- took place in the in the Deep South uh, by Sherman was, was horrifying. Well, if it's offensive... Uh, I've never seen, okay, the Ku Klux Klan was originally a vigilante group and then turned racist. I've never seen a Ku Klux Klan march without the stars and stripes right there also, and Mm. people who are anti-abortion 
may view the stars and stripes because of what it stands for, a very, very bloodthirsty symbol. It, it, you know, this is what black, what flags come down to. Flags are, um, you know, the flags are war banners. Flags are a standard. A standard? They, yeah. they are a standard, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about this person who flew the Confederate flag at college, the, the uh, student? The black student. See, nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, one of the... Uh, uh, articles that was read concerning the Confederate battle flag was written by a black senator from the state of, uh, I think, Louisiana. And, um, and he was very much in favor of it, of, of the flag flying, proudly. Now, um, do you see how some people might find the Confederate flag to be, you know, offensive to them? I mean, you know, obviously they, they feel it's a symbol of racism and, and that, that sort of thing. And do you think that as a symbol, it's, um, you know, say on the back of a bumper where you can't talk to somebody about it, where you never get the opportunity to have a discussion with somebody regarding it? Um, do, you, do you think it's a value back there? Uh Different personalities are going to use different things to gig people any way they can. Yeah. Okay. Again, that goes back to my saying, I can educate ignorance, but I cannot argue with stupidity. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 855-450-3733. So, cool. Mark, one question. The student was asked to take it down? That's or, correct. Okay, and did so voluntarily? Yes, but okay. um, then there was a, you know, the, the hullabaloo over it, and uh, basically it was uh, allowed that he could put it back up, but decided that he didn't want to put it back up. Um, he said he didn't want to put the, the flag back up, although he believes he has the right to do so. The university mm-hmm. plans to host a discussion about the flag after its students return from winter break. This is a, you yeah. know, it's not the newest article, and it's not like it matters if it's terribly timely. Sure. Um, this is a, you know, this is a sort of a, an issue that, uh, it, you know, it's an evergreen issue. You're going to drive around, you're going to see people with uh, Confederate flags on their bumpers. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yes. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> uh, who knows what it means? And, you know, to me, I even see it up here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, to some extent, it's a rebellion thing. I suppose, yeah. Um, you know, I think this is actually an interesting issue for us to talk about in particular because, you know, I, have you seen libertarians do this or sort of people who are maybe like liberty minded a little bit? And I think they they have these Confederate flags and maybe they mean it as a symbol of rebellion or a symbol of independence or something mm-hmm. like that. But other people see that and they're like, oh, he's got White a con- Confederate flag, <laughs> must be a racist. Libertarians are racist. I, I, I absolutely have heard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. People people think all th- kinds of things. And, yeah. you know, confusing and, symbols. I, I, and yeah, I can't I can't particularly blame them too much because, you know, if you're the average person, that's what you know of those two symbols. Then maybe you put two and two together in a way that's not completely accurate, but that's what you think. And this is one of the reasons that I tend to uh, eschew labels. As much as I possibly can. Um, I mean, there's some labels I'm, I proudly wear for myself and don't uh, don't shy away from. But so, what makes the difference between a label that you like and a label that you don't accept? How volatile it is. How people. How so people, you're willing to accept the labels that aren't controversial? That's right. I am male. <laughs> right. Like you know, how controversial is that? <laughs> I don't know. For some people. Uh, some people, right? You know, some people. Some people will hate males because they're male. What are you going to do about that? Yeah, I disagree with that. It's the same as hating females because they're female. Nothing you can do about it. But, uh, you know, I think that the fewest stands is possible because when you take on a label for yourself, then you've got to defend that the use of that label by other people. And it's one of the reasons I don't like 
necessarily using the term libertarian Mm -hmm. because the libertarian party doesn't represent what I think. Uh, yeah, people do confuse it with that. That's that's true. Why wouldn't they? It's, On the other hand, it, it's it's an easy, convenient way to package, you know, a set of beliefs yep, yep, uh, sure or is. to refer to something shorthand. You know, I think that that's the reason labels persist is because they're simple and convenient, and they they supposedly convey a bunch of things. It's just what are you conveying? <laughs> right, and that's why I say about the the Confederate flag. I think it's the most beautiful of flags, and being a Southerner. Eh, you know, it can mean it means something to me that isn't necessarily all bad, but it's not all good either. What it means to me, I, I can often, you know, I'll see I, living in Florida well, that I did, that I did for the longest time. I would see people riding around, and you'd you'd see this certain kind of pickup truck with the the flag on it, and you'd, you know, you draw conclusions, you just make things up in your head that may or may not be true. And I, I how helpful is that? I don't know. I don't want to put, I wouldn't put, uh, you know, at the time I was driving a, a black BMW convertible. I wouldn't have put a Confederate flag in the back of my black BMW convertible because I didn't feel like it was going to serve any purpose. It wasn't going to help. <laughs> well, but it wasn't going to help anybody. And it certainly wasn't the help wasn't going to outweigh the hurt. I guess that's the whole point. It's like, what image are you trying to convey? And does it matter how other people perceive you? You know, and I think for some of the people who, who do put, confederate flags bumper stickers on their pickup trucks and stuff they don't care they're doing it for themselves they're like yeah i want this on that's my decoration and i don't care what other people think and it's a lifestyle claim to some extent sort of whatever it means to them i mean that's what it means to them i guess yeah but i I personally i'm concerned what other people think uh, at least to a certain extent and i wonder how many college students that complained about this black student having a confederate flag believe that he was a white racist maybe 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. What do you think about the Confederate flag? 855-450-FREE. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Boy, I don't know. This is the last segment. I don't think we're going to... we got two calls on the line. Ooh. Three calls, maybe. They might not be able to get any calls in. I'm not giving that number anymore. <laughs> Forget about it. It's uh, Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Stephanie. And I want to tell you real quick about shop.freetalklive.com. It is an opportunity for you to do the online shopping that... Uh, you normally do on, on the internet, but at the same time, you'll get the same prices, the same service that you normally get, um, but, you know, you'll, Free Talk Live will get a cut. Um, music's keeping going. Yeah, I'm, I'm really <laughs> turn that down. <laughs> Guess that's it. Bordoff, can you turn down the music? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to stop eventually. <laughs> you can do the shopping you normally do on online and get the same prices, the same service that you normally would get, uh, but... Free Talk Live will get a cut at shop.freetalklive.com. There are a couple of different places that you can do your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. 
And what we've been doing is we were talking about the uh, this black student uh, who was uh, – what was his name here? Uh, we'll look it back up. His name's Thomas, uh, Byron Thomas, who was uh, flying a Confederate flag in his dorm room and uh, the University of South Carolina, and it created a whole ruckus. And, well, you know, looks like people want to talk about it. Nick from Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi. I see nothing wrong with the idea of trying to take a symbol back as long as the person – understands what a long, hard climate would be and is willing to take that burden and find some value in it. And the reason why I think that it's not fair to say that a symbol can be ruined forever or, or, that, it's, uh, or that it would be, quote-unquote, wrong to try to take a symbol back is... is uh, so a symbol is like, like when you see a Confederate flag on the back of someone's truck, it means something to you. You see that, and you form a certain opinion about it. Well, it used to be, you know, in the Jim Crow South days, if you were black, people would look at you and see your black skin as a symbol, and it would mean something. And eventually, hmm. black people were able to change that. Not for everyone, obviously. No, I'm, I'm thinking that but, there's still some roads to uh, some roads to hoe for that one. Yeah. 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 So it's a long, hard climb for any kind of symbol that you're trying to change, whether it's one that's uh, a part of a part of you or not, depending on how much you see it as a part of yourself. And There's a little more invested in a symbol that's part of you, though, like in your skin, you know, like you can't sure. change that. Can't do anything about that. So you got it. You have really no choice but to try to, you know, take it back, I guess. Right. But that uh, but I wouldn't put that as the rubric for determining what uh, what morally, if you want to use that word, should okay, or should sure. not be taken back. Mm hmm. Oh yeah, I, I you know I suppose uh, when when uh, Matt from Illinois called in and said that uh, you know he thinks something's worth taking back or not taking back, I guess it's just a personal decision for yourself. What 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 you know what's worth taking back and what's not worth taking back. You'll notice I didn't take a stand with my son and name him Adolf because I think that's a perfectly good name. Uh, I I think that that would uh, you know I I tried to name him something that would help him in his life as opposed to harm him. Frank, turn, turns out that I named him the most common name that you could find for a boy that year, <laughs> which I don't know if that's helpful or not, but certainly no one will uh, you know, say that, boy, what a strange name. Here's an interesting thought experiment. What if, uh, what if you were, uh, this is uh, completely outlandish, obviously, what if you were living in the Jim Crow South and you had the choice to make your son be born either black or white, and then you chose black to make a stand, would that be the same as choosing to name him Adolf? Like, no, you didn't need to do that? How? I, yeah, that's a, it's a tough question to answer. I hope the audience answers it for themselves. I thank you for the call. That's a lifeboat scenario. I mean, that that could never happen. So. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, though. But you know what? But I mean, it is it, in the what, future. And you- right now, you you do have the choice actually to select. Like, if there, uh, you do in vitro fertilization. Let's say that you and your partner both carry a genetic disease. You can select for the embryos that that do or do not have that genetic disease, like deafness. This has been done, and there have there was actually a couple. Who like both Wanted of them? Deaf. Yeah, they they selected for the deaf embryos More specifically. Than one. Uh, the, yeah. There's actually a deaf culture, out, deaf culture out there. Yes, and um, when you look at other societies where male children are more valued than female children, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah. Let's go to Steve in Cleveland, Illinois. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I want to talk about that Confederate flag. Absolutely, go right ahead. I am from the mountains of uh, Appalachia in East Tennessee. Okay. Now, that East Tennessee yeah. would have been the volunteers that generally fought on the side of the, the, the Union. 
really depended on what part of the area you were and from. And your I family. Mean, they, were, they were divided. Yeah, right? absolutely. But but the, the point that I wanted to get to was that in the uh, Deep South, uh, when the Union armies came through, uh, of course, they were carrying the flag during battle. And a lot of them were seeing their buddies falling and dropping, and, and they formed a strong emotional attachment to the flag. Mm-hmm. Because that was their symbol to keep going, you know. Right. And when the south, when the South was defeated and the uh, the North pulled out, you know they left a lot of the plantations in the area, burned and in ruins, and the guys, even the ones that had the slaves, you know, were reduced to basic, uh, basically subsistence farmers, and starting all over again. And that became a symbol to them that even though they were defeated, they were still defying the North because that was their symbol of. Uh, you know, you can break us, but you can't break our spirit. Yeah. Rebels, you know? I I, 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 I hear you. I think that, that a lot of people that, uh, you know, like the Confederate flag think just that. Thank you for the call, Steve. Appreciate it. We're going to run through the calls here. We've uh, you know just got a few minutes left. Uh, Will in Tennessee, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, how y'all doing? Uh, I actually live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. And uh, I have to apologize because the uh, flag only resembled hatred to me. Okay. I mean, to this, to this day, I remember me, my grandfather, and my mother sitting watching TV in the 60s and politicians who was running for office flying the Confederate flag mm-hmm. saying every god-awful thing in the, in the book right. against, African, against African-Americans. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is how I grew up. I mean, mm-hmm. it only uh, resembled anything but hatred for me. So uh, you're African-American? Yes. Okay. Now, what do you think about this student that, um, you know, here in uh, the University of South Carolina, what do you think about him, the black student, who's deciding that he thinks that it's a good idea to fly the the, the Confederate flag? What, what does that mean to you? Well, let me say this. So for those who wanted to fly the flag, they're the ones who need to get out there and give it a different image than those who are flying it for the wrong reason. I mean, you got to take a step. When, when they make their uh, race uh, marches and everything, uh, stand out and say, hey, we're not with you. We like the flag for a different reason. We're not with you. Quick, quick flying our flag. So you That's f- what they need to do. You find that people that generally fly the flag, these the Confederate flag these days, uh, seem to you to be symbolizing race. It seems to you that they're symbolizing racism? I don't. I, I got to admit. I don't talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is one of the, now, I don't like blame I said, you. I might feel a little bit threatened if that was me. I, yeah. My thoughts on it, Will, um, were, you know, being from the South, I think it's an, an attractive flag and I can understand why some people, you know, like it for the heritage reasons and that kind of thing. But I would have never put it on my car because I don't want somebody sitting bes- behind me in at a traffic light who's black or whatever or whatever that feels like I don't like them. Because I've got this flag on the back of the car. Because yeah. that's not what, how I feel at all. Um, and, you know, I think I don't want to I don't want to confuse people. I don't want that to be the thing that sits between me and them because yeah. that's not there for me. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for the call. Well, I really appreciate you yeah, chiming in. Now, Mark, you have a bumper sticker that says something um, that like President Obama dropped more cruise missiles than any other Nobel Peace Prize winner. Yeah. Do you think that's divisive? Oh, yeah, or- I'm sure it is. But at the very <laughs> least, you, it, it's, it's not rebuttable. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. That has some evidence behind it. For sure. And, and, you know, I mean, you can think what you maybe... want to think about it, about it, but it's not rebuttable. Yeah. Yeah. Bill in New York. 
You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? You just got a few minutes, a few seconds left here. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Let Bill go. Maybe Since you asked about the night. bumper sticker, yes. I happen to be actually at a Quaker meeting. I am a Quaker. And today was quarterly meeting, which means that uh, my normal church goes to another church to, to sort of commune with other Quakers. Okay. And so people that I don't normally go and meet don't know. And I was in their parking lot. And it's, you know, it's Quakers. They're liberal as they could be. Obama stickers everywhere. Peace <laughs> yeah. stickers everywhere. Equality the o stickers with the everywhere. Peace sign, yeah. yeah, the whole deal. And then I pull in with my Ron Paul bumper sticker on one side and my Barack Obama has fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined bumper <laughs> sticker on the other side of my car. And I know that that stopped some people dead in their Birkenstocks on, their way, on the way into the Quaker <laughs> meeting. I mean, just like their jaws hit the ground and they didn't know what to think about it. But, I, you know, I mean, I guess there's things that I'm willing to take, take a stand for and Things I'm not, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to take a stand for killing people, and I'm not willing to take for a stand for not killing people, yeah, not killing people. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, stand against killing right, people. Yes. <laughs> Eight five. Uh, no, we're done. Number four. Freetalklive.com is what I wanted to say. You can go check it out. In the meantime, twenty-one hours, and uh, we'll be back. Freetalklive.com. It's been Mark and Stephanie. Thanks for listening.